Chapter 11 The Greatest Hidden Mystery of All Again it is time for the reminder. Be in no hurry in your quest. It will take time to develop the intimacy you prayerfully seek. Close your eyes. Descend inwardly to your quiet closet of communion, and there whisper again, Reveal truth to me. Show me how to call you Father. Draw me into your presence. Then throughout the days that follow, as you begin practicing more and more frequently this exercise of conscious inner retreat to your quiet center, cultivating the habit of living simultaneously in the sanctuary you share only with him, and at the same time going on about the duties of your life, you will gradually discover your inner eyes growing more keen. Practice observing the fingerprint of the Father about you. It is the first lesson of the low hills, and that by which the mountains above become increasingly visible. All living things have much to tell us of their Maker. Truths hidden from all but the most diligent and seeking of eyes. Why is it so? One would think God would desire that everyone know all they can about Him. To our reasoning, it would seem His object would be to make all truth, and especially that which specifically concerns His being and character, clear and plain and visible. Why, then, are there so many mysteries? Why is so much about God hard to understand? Why is truth, of all life's commodities, the most difficult to come by? Why are the deepest things the most obscure? Among the most significant words Jesus spoke, and among those most vital to be heeded, are those he repeated often. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. To feel the full weight of this powerful command with which Jesus punctuated his important teachings, one must realize that he was not merely talking to Pharisees. He was also speaking to his followers. Jesus knew well the divining truth that divides all the universe, that it is possible to see and yet not see. When speaking of our need to discover truths God has hidden away, we cannot limit the discussion to matters of belief and non-belief. For Christians, too, perhaps above all, are required to discover deep truths within the walk of faith. Truths that often aren't part of daily life. The capacity to see with inner eyesight is not developed nor emphasized in our contemporary assemblies as an intrinsic aspect of spiritual growth. It is a matter of learning to see with the right eyes, and in a very real sense, it represents the beginning of spiritual maturity. God's ways are often curious and full of mystery. Why is it that he seems to hide himself? enclosing life and truth within mysterious outer shells that seem different than what they contain.
Yet whether we know why he chose it, this is one of God's methods. And somehow, too, another principle can also be recognized. Throughout every aspect of his work, God reveals truth only to those who seek it. What a paradox we are given in Romans 1, 19 and 20. Man can know all about God's nature by the things he has made. Yet the Lord says truth has been obscured, so that men will see and not understand. And the greater the truth, the more obscure he makes it, so that the finding of it must be all the greater a quest. A huge screening process operates in constant interplay with world events and circumstances and teachings and relationships. A process screening out truth-seekers from self-seekers, just as farmers separate wheat from chaff at harvest time. Truth-seekers discover layer upon layer of truth as they progress through life, whereas self-seekers become increasingly blind to truth by the thickening screen of their self-preoccupation. Therefore, God encloses the deepest truths in husks, so the truth-seekers, those rare individuals who want to know his ways, whatever the cost, will dig and search and pray and seek until light dawns in their hearts. God chose to hide his face from the eyes of man and to reveal his being in character through the things he has made. He sent the Savior of men, the one who would be king over all the earth, the very king of kings, in a form none would recognize, a baby born of common folk. George MacDonald wrote, They all were looking for a king to slay their foes and lift them high. Thou camest a little baby thing that made a woman cry. Why this is the process, who can know? But it is the process, inverted as it may be from human equations of reason. To see as Jesus commanded requires looking past the husks and shells, deep into the heart of all things. It requires spending more and more time in our own quiet centers where inner vision is cultivated. If it is true that God surrounds the largest of his truths in the thickest of husks, we would expect the greatest of his secrets to be among the most difficult to find. And indeed, the deepest secret of his character is his fatherhood, lying at the very core of the Godhead. God has allowed the sonship of his nature to be seeable to the eyes of man through Jesus. But God's fatherhood is hidden from earthbound eyes. It must be penetrated in an altogether different manner. The greatest truth to be found, therefore, is the answer to this question. Who is God the Father, and what is he like? O oh God, help us understand. Reveal your truth to us, we ask you with all earnestness and humility.
our Father, increase our hunger to know you and to discover your ways. Give us minds and hearts and hands courageous to climb high, even unto weariness. Let us faint not. Bring your dawn to our hearts.